Hello! Yes, I am talking to you, dear friend. I'd like to congratulate you on acquiring the very first edition of Yob's wonderful travelogue. I'm Yobith G. Mandragore, but my friends, and you may consider yourself a friend, call me Yob. Now you might be wondering, what is this strange device that I have purchased, and how am I hearing my new friend Yob through it? Well, as luck would have it, one of my many cousins, and a fellow gnome, Gala Jonagold is something of a tinkerer in the field of artificing. I came to Gala with an idea. What if we developed a contraption that worked like a magic mouth, except it could be widely distributed? It took some convincing and a fair bit of financing the project, but Cousin Gala eventually set to work on developing this gadget that you are currently listening to. It took two long years of work on her part, and tragically, most of her experiments from that period of time were abject failures. We had almost resolved to give up the project entirely when I decided to take a trip to the mysterious island of Namira. While I was there, I visited the Cypher Bog, a stunningly gorgeous place which I'm sure we'll have to uh, cover in future editions of the Travelock. Anyway, within that fen is an interesting flower which the locals called the Eden's Ear. I became fascinated with it when I witnessed some children consuming the beans which grow off its stalk. Now I'll try anything once. And I'm really quite glad that I'm the type of person to do that, because the most amazing thing happened. Upon consuming the bean, I could hear a conversation that had happened a week earlier in that very same mire. Now I rushed to my cousin Gala with one of these flowers in tow, and I'll tell you, my new friend, I saw the light in her eyes as she realized how we could finally make our project work. One month later, she presented me with the device currently in front of you. So long as you have one of these sound boxes and a bean from one of the pods of an Eden's ear flower, the enchantment of the box will allow you to play uh, anything that the flower hears as many times as you require, and others can listen to it as well. Isn't that just magical? Oh, I just realized this sort of communication doesn't have a name yet. Hmm. Well, I suppose because it uses uh, both spell casting and bean pods, that it should be some sort of combination between the two. So, a uh, pod spell? No, that's not correct, right? Uh, a bean cast. Ah, uh, that's not it either. Ah, uh, oh, of course, the name was right in front of me the whole time. It is a spell bean. Well, now that that's settled, I very much hope you subscribe to receiving more spell beans in the future. Needless to say, this discovery made my financiers very happy. And as, a, as a sort of trial run with our contraption, I proposed a new venture. See, I've been working on a book for quite some time, a sort of journal of my experiences traveling our exquisite world of Sky Sea. I've just never really been able to get the experiences on the page quite right. The pursuit of being able to record a real conversation might have been what drove my desire to help create the gizmo that's currently in front of you right now. So, I asked the people with the coin, what if I traveled far and wide, even to islands that I have not yet been, to hear their stories and their experiences? And they said something to the effect of, I'm not paying for a voyage for you to go all around the world just to talk to folks. To which I responded, what if I put the word out about your wonderful businesses and products while I do so? And they said, that sounds great. When can you leave? I said, right now. And that's where you come in, Shiraza. Oh, am I supposed to talk into the flower now? Yes, you are. I met this lovely tabaxi man on an island that we are on now, looking as lost as an abandoned kitten. 
I struck up a conversation, told him about my little project, and he said, well, tell him what you said. I guess I said I'd like to join you around the world. That is exactly what you said. And I said, I've been looking for someone to help me out anyways. It was like a match made by fate herself. I, I guess. Yeah. I really haven't seen much of the world as it is now. I just haven't experienced a lot of this world. I'd like to see if there's a place somewhere out there where I belong. Friend, I think you've already found it. On Fakar? I, I, don't, I don't think I'm really sure about that. No, with me on our grand adventure. Maybe. We'll see. Regardless, that is an excellent segue into our main topic of conversation on this edition. We're going to be exploring and talking about Fakar today, right? You've got it. Since you're new to Fakar, why don't I start by asking you if there are any questions you'd like to know the answer to? Well, I guess we can start with the basics. Like, what's Fakar? Oh, okay, so a lot of ground to cover. But uh, this is good. We shouldn't assume that the people know uh, anything about this island either. Well, to start, Fakar is home to what is possibly the largest urban population in the world. It's got really big walls, too. It does. And just wait till you see the other side of them uh, and get a glimpse at the Eternal City. There's a reason they have such high walls around most of the island. Um, I'm not sure I really understand. Well, maybe we can get a wallsmith to explain, but as I understand it, the city is constantly expanding. And I mean that literally. Oh, right. I remember that. Um, something to do with Shamaran's heart of civilization, right? But what does that have to do with the walls? Well, I guess sometimes buildings just sprout up overnight. If the people of the city determine that a building isn't necessary, they mine it for stone and scrap and use that to add to the walls. Well, I guess that sounds like a functional system. I would describe it more as amazing, but uh, functional works too. Ah, you mentioned Shamaran earlier, so at least you know what a deva is. <laughs> Yes, Yobith. I know what devas are. They're gods. They're all around us, watching from the great beyond. No, no, what? No, uh, devas are real, physical beings, right among us. Uh, when the world shattered into individual islands, they kept them afloat here in Sky Sea rather than letting them crash into the core of the world. Now there are one or two devas per island, guiding us mortals on them as they see fit. Ah, um, and Shamaran has crowned herself as queen of this island, I take it? Ah, uh, well, that's complicated. But uh, no, not really. She helps out with the caliphate when they need it, but uh, mostly she does her own thing, whatever that is. I'd take that with a grain of salt. Oh, so you're the skeptical type then. Well, that's good. That'll be valuable in our interviews. Okay, Yobeth. Feel free to call me Yob. So what's this Eternal City actually like? I've never seen it. Oh, well, it's very interesting. You've seen part of the wall, but like I mentioned earlier, it goes most of the way around the island. It is truly a marvel of architecture. The labor that must have taken over the centuries, it's mind-bending. There are a series of walls in the interior of the island as well. Uh, there's also a delightful palace in the center of the city. If we go take a look, I'll show you the heart of civilization in the plaza right in front of it. They built this beautiful fountain around it, and the way the water gleams off the crystal of the heart is, well, it's, it's breathtaking. I'd like to see it. There's also the circus, which is one of the bigger ones that I've ever seen. Uh, some of the gladiatorial combat takes place there. It really gets vicious. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they also host Wazika races in the circus, which, if you're a gambling man like I am, is always exciting. Uh, fighting and gambling really aren't my things. 
is there a quiet place I can do some research or read some books? Of course there is. The uh, Umaira Lyceum is the foremost center of knowledge east of the Athenium. They archive and teach scholarly things that I've never had much patience for myself, but they're really known for their magic academy. Magic? Oh, are you a dabbler in the arcane arts? Yeah, I guess you could say that I am. See, this is why I love meeting people. You learn all kinds of things you'd never expect. Are you a wizard? Uh, no. Actually, I'm a... Oh, wait, don't tell me. Uh, I want to guess. You don't look like a magical bard. Uh, I've got it. Sorcerer. <laughs> sure, Yobith. I'm a sorcerer. Ha! I knew it! Only took me two guesses. Your robes almost threw me off. But if I didn't know any better, I would have said you were a shaper. Wait, uh, why wouldn't I be a shaper? Oh, uh, you really don't know a lot, do you? People on Fakar don't take too kindly to shapers, so it'd be really dumb of you to come here, and you seem like a smart guy. Um, out of curiosity, what would happen to a shaper in Fakar? Well, uh, they'd probably be strung up in the streets. Nothing we have to worry about, though. <laughs> of course not! <laughs> you, you okay? <laughs> Uh, is there anything in Fakar that we could explore that's not in the Eternal City? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Outside the Eternal City, there's the Temple of the Sun and Moon, where the Dervish are trained. We're going to be traveling there in a little bit. It's a little ways out of the city, all the way to the Lone Oasis on the northern tip of the island. Oh, great. I love the Dervish. Me, too. I have many great Dervish friends. Um... What else is there that we can go to? Well, uh, the last thing I can think of is the beautiful, scenic Canyon View Farms. Just north of the Eternal City, it's really just a great place if you're at all interested in unwinding and trying new types of wine and mead, as well as all sorts of delicious meals that were created here on Fakar. I'll treat you to a veritable feast when we get there. Okay, now that sounds amazing. Uh, what kind of food do they make there? Oh boy! Okay, well, the Fakarians have a number of special ways of preparing turnuck eggs, raw jellyfish, and compsies that are, like, really enjoyable. But, uh, turnocks, compsies, and floating jellyfish can be found on just about every island I've been to, so, uh, if you want to try some more local delicacies, the Fakarians do amazing things with the wildlife in the Whispering Caves. Oh, uh, the caves run in a network underneath the island's surface. Uh, they get some snails and they make a escargot and giant albino crab. It is delicious. Wow, that all sounds pretty good. Oh boy. Okay, so there is a pretty sizable population of Mokeli Mbembe here on the island, and the way the Fakarians cook the Mokeli veal is just mwah. All right, I'll be honest. I, I can't take it anymore. I haven't had a decent meal in ages. Let's just go now. I'm excited to show you all this island has to offer. We'll get you fatter than a sand shark after a turnock breaks his legs. Speaking of which, uh, and it's the last time I'll mention food, the one thing I'm going to insist you try is the karash. Uh, what's a karash? Oh, okay. So they take a sand shark carcass and they gut it. Then they bury it under sand for uh, like two months. After that, they remove the meat and hang it to dry for another two months while this like green-black crust starts to cover it. And after the meat is cured, they cut off all the crust and the karash is ready. It is an absolute delicacy. You're gonna love it. Uh, okay, all my friends at home, we're gonna get Shiraza a meal at a tavern here in the Belarus port on Vicar, and we'll be right back with you for our very first interview with the Dervish captain, Al Raza. I think that went pretty well. 
Are you ready to eat? Um, actually, uh, not anymore. It's okay. Uh, okay, well, that's unfortunate. Hello, my friends. Through the magic of spell beans, we have traveled to the lone oasis where the temple of the sun and moon is located. We didn't actually teleport. We had to take a skyship. It took five hours. That was true. But our friends who are listening will have assumed that we have teleported magically. One of the secrets of spell beans is that you can prune out the boring parts that you don't want others to hear by careful cultivation of the pots. This, uh, this device you've told me about could be very useful for the dervish for sending and receiving messages. Well, they're not on the market just yet, but you'll be sent a letter by our sponsor as soon as we are ready to do that. Friends, this is Captain Alkash Raza of the Dervish Order. Say hello, Captain. Uh, greetings, citizens uh, listening through this flower. Captain Alraza is a distinguished individual and military mind, and we're absolutely honored to have him here as our first interview guest. Thank you uh, very much, Yobith. Uh, you can call me Yob if you like. Um, okay. Yob it is, then. Well, I suppose my first question is, what are the dervish? Uh, uh, the dervish are a force of warriors that keep the balance between spirits and mortals. Uh, through extensive martial training and study, we learn to interact with spirits, even channeling them through our uh, combat arts, if they deem us worthy, that is. Your forces use almost exclusively scythes as their primary weapon. Uh, not almost. All dervish are trained to use scythe in combat. And why is that? Uh, well, partially because the combat advantages, if one learns to use it, that the requisite finesse. A signature ability that the dervish learned to master is a spinning attack that cleaves through nearly every enemy within their reach. Uh, dropping a dervish into a swarm of soldiers will only result in soldiers being dead, or, or at least very injured. However, I would argue that the symbolic significance is maybe the main reason why we use them. You see, I think of our force as a sort of gardening service for the world. Uh, the scythe represents our willingness to mow down those who desire to create unbalance in the world at the time of Fakar's new dawn. And these people who are trying to create the unbalance? Uh, the shapers, yes. So much time after the shattering I keep hearing about, and you still seek to see them destroyed? What harm have they caused? Excuse me, uh, Shiraza, was it? Just because there haven't been any world-ending wars in the last five centuries does not mean there is not still bad blood between the Fakarians and the so-called Shapers. I'm sorry. Excuses manners. All my friend merely meant by that was to ask, what makes you think the Shapers are a threat to Fakar? Well, in the time before the shattering of the world, the dervish were created by Shamaran herself, blessed to be her holy name, to teach balance between the mortals and the elemental spirits. After she saw the unethical bonding of those spirits as slaves known as jinn. The jinn are not slaves to shape. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Continue. Well, after the shattering, our kind fell into obscurity and eventually even went extinct for a time. 
The methods and teachings were luckily kept uh, in a few written manuals, which were archived by the Umayra Lyceum. When Shamaran, blessed be her name, saw how the world was being twisted by the Shaper's evil agenda, she quickly deemed it time for the dervish to reassemble some 100 years back. It was difficult, but not impossible, for our methods to be relearned. But the people of Akar who were chosen to be dervish took to the task with the ambitious spirit only we Fakarians have. I'm sure uh, Captain Nero helped with that. He was the first dervish after the shattering, am I right? Um, yes, that is true. Uh, we owe Captain Nero a great debt of gratitude with restoring the order of the dervish. You know, Nero and I are actually old friends. Oh, uh, I uh, haven't seen him in a few years now. Well, that would be because he was banished from this island. Uh, that uh, information hasn't been made public. That doesn't make the facts any less true. Could you perhaps answer a few questions regarding the decision to remove your previous leader from the order? Uh, listen, Yob, I don't want to bring shame upon the name of Nero, but needless to say, there were some doubts cast on his abilities to do his job adequately. He was coming up on his 13th decade, and it's very likely he wouldn't have been able to participate in most of the activities he's required to anyways. Well, that wouldn't be a problem for someone like Captain Nero, who has elven blood. Uh, the average half-elf lives to be about 150 rotation zero. You and your friend are starting to test my patience. I didn't do anything. I never did anything. I'm simply trying to understand why a man who's owed such a great debt of gratitude, like you have said, was banished from Fakar. Help me understand. Uh, there that. might have been some unsubstantiated rumors regarding his activity with a certain organized crime group. That is all I can say. And this would be the group known as the Honor Bound? No comment. Maybe we should just go, Yobeth. Yes, maybe you should. Certainly. It's been wonderful talking to you today, Captain Alraza. I'm glad our friends at home could learn so much about the history and the practices of the Dervish. Yes, well, this, this interview is over. Good day. Hello again, friends. We are now speaking to you from inside the Eternal City. We're here in Stone Peak Inn, which is in the middle of the Masons District. We're joined by an individual that we have just met. Marcellus, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, to the flower? Yes, to, to the flower. Uh, hello, flower. Uh, my name is Marcellus Page, and I'm a wallsmith for the Eternal City. Thank you very much for joining us, Marcellus. Do you think you can tell us what your job entails? Uh, well, basically, it's construction and demolition. Uh, uh, some days we break down new buildings for stone. Uh, other days we layer those stones into walls. It sounds boring, and sometimes it is. Uh, but in this city, it's absolutely necessary. And why is that? Uh, well, you, you ever heard of city blights? Yep. Nope. Uh, the art of civilization is this really wonderful thing that uh, Shamaran gave us all. Uh, because of everyone in the city has a place to live, whether or not they work, because the, the city grows without any need for people to mine or transport or, you know, all that other stuff or whatever. I, I mean, I still live with me mums, but uh, that's besides the point. Uh, the point is, if the city's borders ain't contained by a wall, or a wall falls down somewhere, the, the city keeps growing like weeds. Uh, overnight there could be a couple new buildings, or if it gets real bad, a whole block. And why is that a problem again? 
Uh, well, I mean, how many buildings are used by uh, the criminal folk of the city, for one thing. Uh, uh, but beside that, we'd really rather not have the whole island as one gigantic city, you know? Canyon View Farms would be fucked if we just let one grow for one thing, and uh, where most of the food on the island comes from, I assume. I don't know. Like, I'll just eat what I can. Please, mind your language. This is a public broadcast. What are you, some kind of pussy feather? I curse, this is a man's world, and this is what we do. Um, there's no way to stop it? Uh, oh, that's one of me, uh, upper, higher-up peoples, uh, once. Uh, the way they understood it is, uh, if the, if that was, the heart of civilization was moved, or destroyed or something, or the buildings made by it would come down too early. That would be a lot of buildings. I don't think about it, honestly. So, in a way, you and your co-workers are kind of the real heroes of the city. Oh, shucks, I don't know about all that. I don't deserve no hero, Doyle. I'm just doing my job. I'll get enough gold to feed me and me mums, and a little extra to gamble on the Wazika races. It's not a bad life. Certainly better than my old life, but uh, not glamorous either. If you want to talk about heroes, let me tell you about the late Empress Fatima. Okay, I'd love that. Uh, Empress Fatima is uh, sort of a, like a saint to people with backgrounds like mine. She was, she was an orphan, uh, left on the streets. Uh, she worked real hard through the dirt and mud. And she got one of them fancy scholarships to the Umaira Lyceum before she was chosen by Shamaran herself to be the next Empress. Empress Fatima's the dream of the Fakar manifested in a single person. I think I'd like to be Empress one day too. Um, what exactly is the dream of Fakar? Oh, you know, kids, wife, nice house, the works. You said earlier that being a wallsmith is better than your old life. Uh, what did you mean by that? Well, I used to be a slave. Oh, really? Yes. Surprising, isn't it? Eh, it is what it is. Slavery is legal here in, uh, in Fakar, but it's, it's a kind of temporary gig, you know. For, uh, if you find a way to prove that you've earned your freedom, folks here just kind of accept it. Uh, being a slave in Fakar isn't great. They work you to the bone, in truth, and the food's not that great. Uh, but there's always a way out, and I think that's quite admirable looking back on it now. Made me the man I am today. Fakar actually sounds like a really nice place for an average non-slave person here. Yeah, you, you should stay here, man. If you want, you can stay with me and me mums for a while. We'll figure out your place here. And I always wanted a kitty cat. Uh, we pride ourselves on accepting all types of races, to tabaxi like yourself, uh, dwarves, uh, elves, Yanti, uh, the, the goblins, and the, 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 the troll goliath. Um, that's uh, really... Generous. Oh. oh, you know what the best part is? What? No fucking chin skins. E excuse me? You know, them shapes, man. Ain't one of them in the city alive, that is. We'll bury any shapers we find the fucking walls, son. I, ugh, oh, I, I, I need to, I need to get out of here. I need some fresh air. Um, I'll see you outside. We'll put a stick up his ass. Well, that's all the time we have, Marcellus. Thank you so much for joining us to tell us all about the Wallsmiths. It's been an absolute... Oh, you too, Rob. You too. Oh, thanks for keeping me company. And tell Shirazi uh, I enjoyed having a drink with him too. Oh, goodbye, Flower! Well, friends, 
We'll be back with another interview after a couple of brief messages from our sponsors. These guys keep us in business, and we'll be covering our travel expenses, so please make sure to give them some favorable patronage. Has this ever happened to you? I'd like to purchase one uncursed sword, please. Okay. Wink. Did did you just say wink? What? No! Okay, nothing shady about that. Now I have an uncursed sword to fight monster. Oh no! My arm is 12 tentacles now! I should have gone to a name brand that I trust. Are you aware that most magical goods shops get their stock from adventurers selling them from dungeons? And to add to that, most shopkeepers never test the items before they sell them to you. Don't go to shady shopkeepers. Come to Leopold's Emporium. Hello, my name is Renard Leopold. When I was but a child, my parents were cured by a cursed item, and ever since then, I had the simple dream to open a franchise of magical item stores around Skysea so that adventurers could do their jobs safely. I worked hard and purchased my first store, and from there I began to expand to new locations. Eventually, I had the idea of industrializing the magic item business, and since then, business has been explosive. Because of the many artificers I employ, each who build and craft the magic shop items themselves in my many, many sweatshops, I can personally guarantee that no items you purchase will ever be cursed, unlike those treacherous mom and pop shops. <laughs> Look for the clawed six-fingered hand logo to find a Leopold store. Leopold's Emporium is in these locations, Alakir, Orem, Dolos, Fakar, Grotto, Iram, Mafael, Nord, Sanctuary, and Yima. Leopold's Emporium, a name you can finally trust. Leopold's Emporium is not liable or responsible for any misuse of magical items. All sales are fine. Hello, and welcome back, my friends. I hope you enjoyed those messages from our sponsors. So, for this interview, we're going to be trying something a little bit different to protect the privacy of our guest. They'll be using the pseudonym Ratface, as well as utilizing a cantrip known as Thaumaturgy to disguise their voice. Additionally, we're not going to disclose our location this time, though we are still in Fakar. Ratface, would you like to introduce yourself? Greetings. So, Ratface, you work for an organization that runs most of the black market dealings in this city. This is true. Uh, we're known as the Honorbound. I've had some interactions with the Honorbound in the past, but the one thing I've never understood is the title of the group. Is this supposed to be ironic? No, uh, the title Honorbound refers to our code when interacting with each other. If you break a commitment or tell a falsehood to another member within the group, uh, and are found out you are either excommunicated from all Honorbound-affiliated businesses and activities, or are marked for death, depending on the severity of your misconduct. That all sounds pretty extreme. Are you sure you won't get in trouble for talking to us today? Um, I'm not so sure, but if I did not take precautions to hide my identity, potentially yes. But not for the earlier reasons. 
Uh, there are no vows you take upon joining the group governing the actions that you can or can't make other than being true to your word with the other members of the Honorbound. There is nothing in the Honorbound code about staying silent. That being said, some members likely would not be thrilled about such loose lips. So, why tell us then? You realize other people are going to hear this, right? Like, that's not just a flower you're talking into. Really? Well, well I, I mean, other than Yoda's reputation, uh, that is the only reason I'm really talking to you. Uh, I believe the Honorbound is an organization uh, that can transcend the state we're currently in, which is basically no better than a mob. The Honorbound stands for an ideal that the people of the world can do business with each other without the constant oppression of the Deva regimes. So you fancy the Honorbound as would-be revolutionaries? What? No, I'm not an idiot. The Honorbound will always function best as an organization hidden in the shadows. What sort of dealings do you and the Honorbound participate in? Well, let me see. There's a laundry list, really. Uh, smuggling, uh, kidnapping, theft, burglary, extortion, and loitering. Uh, we're not, we don't really participate in assassination because engineering on the moose's turf never turns out well. But we're not saints either. Uh, more than their fair share of innocent men and women end up with the shaper, in the shaper's burial on the wall because they walked in on the wrong room at the wrong time. By Musa, you mean the assassins that worship the Spider Queen God? Yeah, that's that. Uh, and not enough crossover with them here in the city, but we're not that far from their island. What would you say to the average traveler from outside the city who would like to avoid the Honorbound's influence entirely? Um, stay out of the empty buildings towards the outskirts of the Eternal City, and don't use the aqueducts and the Whispering Caves, that would be my recommendation. Because, uh, you use these for your activities. I never said that, but, uh, that seems to be what I'm getting at, isn't it? Uh, I'm interested in hearing some of your personal accomplishments. Think about some of the more interesting ones I can talk about without giving myself away. What well, I was a part of a team that kidnapped a nobleman from the palace, and we all received a hefty ransom for his return. Uh, another time, our organization helped excise a prominent disciple of Shyamalan's from the office with the frame job. Um, I helped facilitate the acquisition of a number of books on the Athenians Forbidden section. Can you can you can you back up? Can you tell me about the last one? Is in the books? Oh. No, 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 the, the one about the official. Oh. Well, uh, we planted some false evidence in the house of a certain individual at the behest of a few other parties who sought to see him gone. This sounds really interesting. Can you tell us any more? I mean, other than the results we got, it was a pretty standard frame-up. Although, I suppose the evidence we planted was fairly unique. It was provided by the clients to be specifically used on this job. Well, now I'm curious. Me too. Uh, well, it was a, a Shaper's gin statue. We'd never handled one before, so we weren't sure if it was going to come to life and attack us all, but our boss reassured us that that wasn't the case without its bonded Shaper around. Now, uh, who's your boss? He's, he's not going to listen to this, is he? Oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, I mean, it's not a particularly closely guarded secret, so uh, I'll share it with you. He's known as the Beggar King. Um, got that name because sometimes he takes uh, the form of uh, homeless individuals. Other times he's an animal, but nobody really knows what he actually looks like. But he has very effectively run the Honorbound for over two centuries. Interesting. So, I'm curious, Ratface, do you honestly believe that your actions 
uh, serves some sort of greater agenda towards freedom. Yes, I certainly do. I think the so-called crimes we commit are justified because we live in a society ruled by Deva in which the average individual's choices do not matter. As a member of the Honorbound, or those who work or with or through us, we are given the opportunity to break free of those shackles long in the proletariat. Now, I was under the assumption that the Deva Shamran did not directly interfere with the affairs of the citizens of Fakar. <laughs> Maybe not directly, but every emperor or empress is chosen directly by her, and I'm sure she's insinuating schemes in their ears, that is when she comes up from the Whispering Caves at least. You run your operations through the same place that a Deva lives? That sounds really dangerous. I mean, it is, but none of the Honorbound has ever run into Shamron down there. The Whispering Caves are an absolutely huge network and sprawl the island. On top of that, we know the area is not to go to avoid the slim chance that that might actually happen. Better than safe than sorry when dealing with Davis, I say. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, Ratface. It has been absolutely enlightening. Thank you for giving me a platform to speak on for my people. Uh, by the way, I am going to be doing a uh, slam poetry session. I don't think I published Oh, that. It's, it's okay. We can prune that out on a post later. Oh, that'd be good. Thank you. Okay, friends. Uh, we're doing something a little bit risky here with our last interview of the Fikar edition of Yob's wonderful travelogue. You're with us in the Whispering Caves as we sneak into a chamber marked off by Ratface as what could be instant death for both of us. Wait, wait, what? Yep, we're in the innermost sanctum of the great Shamron herself, and with a little luck, we can get a Deva's thoughts on what it's like to be a protector of an island of mortals. This is a prank, right? We're not really that deep down. This isn't real. Who dares enter this hallowed ground? How do you do, great mistress of shadow? My name is Yobeth G. Mandragore, but my friends call me Yob. I'm recording a spellbeam through this flower, and I'd love to pick your brain about some issues in Fakar. I... What in the world is a spellbeam? Wait, what am I doing? I don't care about that. Be gone from this holy place, and never return. Yobeth, run! Ah, uh, yep, yep. Yep, 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 Oh, I forgot the flower. Shit. Okay, folks, that went about as well as expected. The first Spellbeam interview with Adeva, and you heard it here first. We'll be back in a moment to conclude the Fakar edition of Yub's wonderful travelogue. I love you all, friends. Okay, so it's moments later, and I want to collect our thoughts as we conclude this edition. Well, we explored the life of nearly every element of the city. From those who work in government, to your average working man, to a criminal mastermind, and even got yelled at by a deva. Not bad for our first island adventure. Can, can we just leave already? Oh, but we didn't try the Karash yet. Let's just stay one more day. No. Oh, you're gonna love it. No. Oh, okay. No. Where's the sky ships? Get me off this island! Okay, we'll set sail then. Alright, my friends, we'll see you soon for the second edition of Yob's Wonderful Travelogue, Sanctuary Edition. Oh, that sounds nice and safe. What sanctuary? Oh, it's super fun. It's a place where you always have to tell the truth. No! 
Until next time, we'll see you in Skyrim.